Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back to another episode of Love at First Psych, a Psych First Watch Rewatch podcast. I am Jay Christie, joined as always by my co-host, Andre Barrera. Andre, how are you? Hey, man. I'm good. Um, how are you doing? I'm doing well, you know. Um, I'm, I'm neither old nor restless, which is the episode we're talking about today, the old and the restless. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I suppose I'm a little bit restless, but I'm, I'm still relatively young, you know, so I feel pretty good. Yeah, that's good. I mean, uh, have you ever watched The Young and the Restless? No. It, growing up, m- as much as the – my mom would sometimes watch soap operas depending on when she was home. But we were always an ABC soap opera family. So like General Hospital, um, One Life to Live, those ones. And Young and the Restless was like CBS? It was CBS, yes. The big ones yeah. were General Hospital was ABC, still on. Uh, Guiding Light was NBC's and Young and the Restless was CBS. Gotcha. Okay. Good to know. Um, but yeah, we were always ABC. Um, my mom occasionally, because she uh, is on a schedule where she's off on weekdays at least once a week, she'll be te- she'll text us updates about General Hospital sometimes. Um, it's crazy oh, that the characters watches. occasionally, if she's at home, yeah, not regularly, but like if she's at home, she will. Um, but it's crazy because like the characters that I watched when I was like seven at home with her when I'd be home sick are still on the show. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, people on soap operas, I think, at what, like, Susan Lucci was on All My Children for, like, yeah. 40 years or something? Yep. Uh, yeah, she's still texting me about Sonny, who's, like, the big main character in General Hospital these days. I'm like, I remember Sonny from when I was a kid. He's, <laughs> Stephen A. Smith has worked with him. I don't know if you've ever seen this clip of Stephen A. Smith on General Hospital. Um, I've seen him in something. It's the one where he's, like, you're under hospital. arrest. Yeah, that's, okay. he's, he, he plays one of Sonny's associates, is the whole thing. <laughs> I see, Okay. We're not here to talk about that. We're here to talk about the episode, The Old and Restless. Uh, It's an episode about an assisted living facility. Something I have a good bit of knowledge about (laughs) because my mom was a nursing home social worker for 30 years. So her facility was was more hands-on. Like Her facility was the level above this in terms of care. Care. But Mm -hmm. I'm I'm pretty familiar with elder care and all that because of it. But what were you going to say? I have some experience there too. Yeah. Um, I had to, this place um, seems at, incredibly nice for what it is. Yeah, incredibly. I had to – so in high school, we had to do service hours uh, as part of a Catholic school. So freshman year, you do 10. Sophomore, you do 20. Junior, 30. And then senior, 40. And mm-hmm. I was like the only asshole who didn't get like his service hours like forged essentially. So mm-hmm. I'd always have to do them. And then I remember my senior year, I had to do 40 hours – um, at a senior home, like in like a mm. week, so I went in like basically as a full time job, and it was mm. hellish experience. Yeah, they can be pretty bad. Um, thankfully, this episode doesn't really get into that because it's just it's one of those things that's just depressing. <laughs> like, yeah, a bad senior living facility is just sad. Um, but anyway, we start off not with that. We start off with young Sean <laughs> and his grandfather, played by Brian Doyle Murray, for some reason, even though he's, he's in one scene. Um, I don't know who the fuck that is. Bill Murray's older brother. Um, really? Yeah. I mean, he looks oh. just like him. I mean, I don't know about and that, but he, okay. he more so, you know, the thing is he sounds just like him. Like, the voice is exactly the same. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I thought it like was, uh, in, I actually thought it was Ed Asner for a little bit. No, but yeah, Brian, believe it or not, Brian Owen Murray's still with us, I believe. Um, he is. And, uh, yeah. Remember, there's a scene in Ghostbusters. I think it's either Ghostbusters or Ghostbusters 2, one of the two, where 
Brian Dolmer plays like a psychologist who's like evaluating them. And mm-hmm. you're just like, especially at that age, I'm like, he looks too, you, they just look like brothers too much. Like, I just don't believe that this is a guy who's not related to this other character. I guess um, I need to watch that. Yeah. So they're, they're you know, quote unquote feeding the birds. What they're doing is they're girl watching. Tell me about that. It's just, you know, some broad stuff. Uh, yeah. yeah, I don't really need to go into the details of it. Yeah, they're bird watching, but a different kind of bird. Yeah, the, the bird in the British slang sense. Yeah. Um, and they get interrupted by Henry, who reminds Sean that he's got some chores to do. And, you know, kind of just, uh, you know, just kind of ruins the moment for a second. And he leaves, but tells Sean that he needs to take care of his stuff, which his grandpa reminds him, like, hey, just remember to make your own choices. Don't take life too seriously. Like, basically, the, you know, go have a sex with as much women, go travel, do that kind of thing. You know, don't regret anything because one day you're mm-hmm. too old to do all these things. Yeah. So it gives you some sense of how Sean became rebellious. Not that he needed it, but like he, he that there were people in his life that were not Henry because previously we only really see Henry as the other adult interacting with him in these flashbacks. Correct. Yeah. So there's some other force in his life that, you know. Yeah. And like then we said. caught to Sean being adventurous with him and Gus. They're sneaking around somewhere. We don't know where. <laughs> and they're thinking about climbing over a high voltage sign. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, they say that 90% of them aren't real, which I don't think that that's true. Uh, but they am getting caught by a security guard anyway. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, I, I'm not willing to bet that it's 90%, but I would be willing to bet it's like maybe 30% of them aren't yeah, active. I'm sure that there are. I'm not willing like, to find out, though. No. There's a this test that I first came up with when I saw on, on Reddit a video of – usually those videos where, like, people dive into, like, tiny crevasses and then come out into, like, the ocean. Like, you ever see that where it's, like, a tiny cave dive thing? No, I've never seen that. doesn't matter. Anyway, but I – at that point, I came up with a thing that I applied to a lot of points in life. And I bring up that I came up with it because I commented it and I got a lot of upvotes and it made me feel good. Was that – there are certain things I will never do because I don't want to have to put my parents in the position of telling their friends how their son died. You know what I mean? Like, I don't want it to be like, yeah, Jake touched a electric fence. He thought it wasn't real. Like, I don't want to do that to them, you know? Do you think they would actually tell? Some, Maybe not their friends, but like some people, would. they would have to tell some people. Like, you know, close family members, I'd be like, yeah, Jake, he thought that it wasn't real. Like, I, even if it's just one person, I wouldn't do that to my mother, you know? Like, me, whatever. Yeah. But, like, I'm in the specific thing with a cave. It's like, for an Instagram video where I dive into a cave, I'm not going to be like, yeah, he was doing something for the gram. Now he died. <laughs> like, I'm not going to do that. That's rude. No, of course. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah, I got gotcha. you. Oh, Stop. there's a, a, a meowy sighting. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Sean and Gus go to Henry's, and they're getting some supplies for a stakeout. Um, and uh, we learn that they're staking out glorious pines. Yeah, it's taking out an old age, an old person home, essentially. And Henry thinks it's pretty funny that they can't manage to get their way into an old folks home. But, you know, it's not too out of the realm of belief. You need to have a reason to be there. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, I'm sure they'll cook up some sort of way to uh, to get into this. And they generally have good security because <clears throat> of people trying to escape and stuff. I mean, I, you know. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, uh, yeah. I'm they just curious tried... why they would be have. I'm just sorry. One last thing. I'm just curious why they would have an electric fence. Uh, I feel like there would be a lot more old people accidentally dying by. That uh... is a great question. I'm not really sure. But so they tried <laughs> all the excuses: the traveling doula, dingo with my baby, hiding us in a sack. But didn't work. 
Henry says that he would crack the case in eight minutes, and they take him up on that. And so he ends up saying six o'clock sharp, which um, outside of life uh, life saving surgery, I don't know how many things I would wake up at six o'clock sharp for. Um, I mean, know. I think it's a good it's a good time to start um, staking out a an old folks home because they typically are early risers. I want right. to say um, that's true. Yeah, I mean, they have lunch at like ten a.m. So that's yes. that's. A, a joke used to be that because um, I grew up in before you know the villages, the planned community in Orlando or the Orlando area, no. like the place where it's all Trump voters. It's basically like a community that rose up in like the 2010s. That's all. It's like the most Republican place in the country now. They're but before that place existed, what the villages? Um, before that place existed, now that <laughs> county is. But my hometown county used to be the oldest county in the country, median age wise. Mm-hmm. So, like, the median age of Charlotte County, I think, is, is it might still be, it was, like, 64. And the joke always would be that if you were to go to a restaurant at 4 p.m., you would see, quote, a sea of whiteheads. That was the phrase, uh, because of Damn. how many old people there were. Yeah, yeah I'm looking. As of, as, of of, as of 2019, the persons under five years accounted for 0.1% of that population. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it, in the villages also, uh, and this is won't be surprising to people who know the reality of old folks living, highest STD percentage of anyone in the country. Damn. So because what happens down. is, and this is a thing that didn't really happen with my mom, because like I said, my mom worked at a place that needed more <coughs> medical care, but it's a huge mm-hmm. problem in assisted living facilities that have STDs, because people, especially people who are older, who don't really aren't really educated on them, are like, well, she can't become pregnant, so why should I put on a condom? Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's uh, you know why it's not sound logic because there's a lot of STDs. It's but... the raw dog lifestyle, man. Exactly. Um, so wow. They Funny enough, up. they also they also score the highest credit score with a median of eight oh six. I'm sure they do. Um, but yeah, that place is hell on earth. Uh, and um, yeah, I have I really have no other thoughts about um, the villages that won't get me canceled. Um, so I already said it was hell on earth. How much worse can I get? So they show up and um, they're thinking about doing a stakeout. And we learn that the missing person is a man named Oswald Chester, who is 73 years old. Yeah, um, he's been missing for three days. And uh, they seem to, they're, they're, they have like an inside man in there. Uh, they do, but we're not talking about Clive Owen just yet. Oh, yeah, right. Um, so it just, it. I guess they start to speculate that maybe the community is trying to cover it up. So yes. it seems like a very, yeah, like something. Because it's not be just that he's missing. It's that they can't get any information on it. Like you would think like they'd be like, hey, we're missing a person. Because um, I mean, right. I remember when my, there would be multiple times where my mom would be have to go into work late because, not late, like I, that someone would be missing because mm-hmm. they left the facility, um, you know, and these are, right. she had a lot of Alzheimer's people. Um mm. Mm-hmm. Although the I believe the the full on Alzheimer's ward was like behind like a separate lock like you know unfortunately, um, there's and, levels. Uh, yeah, uh, so they go in there and they tell Henry to put his glasses on, um, and then they put a hat on him. Uh, they throw some coffee on him, give him a cane, and they tell Pamela that that's their grandfather. Uh, and uh, yeah, just a great ruse. They make him look like an old guy. Yeah, and he makes that funny comment about how he looks like Peter Fonda in On Golden Pond, uh, a movie I've never seen, but definitely know what he looks like in that movie, and it's mm-hmm. pretty spot on. Yeah, um, I believe you mean Henry Fonda, but yes, you are. It is correct. Um, what did I say? 
you said Peter. Is it Henry Fonda? Henry Fonda's the dad, yeah. Peter Fonda's Jane Fonda's. So it was Peter Fonda, the one that was in that movie. No, Henry Fonda was the one in that movie. Oh shit! Okay, gotcha. Yeah, because yeah, like I think Fonda I just have Henry Fonda. I have Henry Fonda on my mind just because there's like a popular. Uh... Oh, you have Peter Fonda on your mind. You just have Peter. <laughs> no, I don't. Because oh. there's a theater called the Henry Fonda Theater here that I've seen like oh. a million shows at. But, I mean, the thing, too, is that Peter Fonda passed away recently, and he also was old, so like, it's hard to remember that his dad was even older. Um, anyway. Peter Fonda dies? Yeah. Um, Damn. Shouts to him uh, surfing in Escape from L.A. Uh, so, they mentioned that his name is Talmadge McGulliger, which is just an A-plus name. Like, just great comedy name. Perfect. No notes. I mean... Yeah, I mean, I don't know it's, if that's... I mean, it, the craziest thing is that it's not a made-up name, as we find out. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently, it's an actual person who was due to um, to check in, but you know, Sean got his way and essentially convinced Talmadge to check in three days later because of some Gambian African rats. Gambian pouch rats. Um, which I feel which... like African and Gambian are like superfluous. You don't need both of them in there. Yeah, because Gambia, the Gambia is in Africa. Also, Gus says that the. Um... The predator is the Sudanese birch pelican, which I suppose it could have a wide range, but the Gambia and Sudan are not close to each other. Correct. Um, Correct. So anyway, that Pamela says that Henry doesn't look old enough, but apparently they say he's 72, but he's a former male model. So, um, yeah. So that's how they kind of, what'd you say? He's had some work done. Yes. Um, And so, yeah, they have three days and now they'll be able to get in. Um, But Henry says... That he's going to solve the case by lunch. Yeah, which unfortunately for him, lunch is, like I mentioned earlier, like around 10 a.m. So he's got to get cracking on it if he's going to prove Sean and Gus wrong. Yeah. and But Sean and Gus have to do paperwork because, you know, there's a lot of legal ramifications. Um, and right. so uh, they um, we then cut to the PlayStation where we get the B-plot of this episode, which uh, more like boring plot. Um, Correct. That basically, I'm not even going to go through the details of this bit. Um, Vic needs uh, Lassie and Jules to scare straight the deputy mayor's son. I mean, yeah. Correct. Yeah, he's in there because he's like a vandalizer. He's been doing like, you know, petty bullshit like that. So, yeah, this is like a scared straight kind of deal. And yeah, Yeah. bullshit, boring, Um, move on. Which, great thing about scared straight is I believe scared straight actually, I know I might be wrong about this, but I think. Mathematically, you are actually more likely to end up in prison if you don't get straight than if you did. <laughs> like, it's actually like bad. It's oh, it works almost not at all. <laughs> yeah. Well, if it goes anything like it does in this episode, then yeah, I guess I guess you know some people might see it as an easy way out. Well, no, yeah, exactly. Like, it's I think the thing about it is that like no matter what, I think that the idea of prison is always going to be worse in someone's mind than if you meet a real person. Because if you meet a real person who's in prison, who is able to talk to you about it, it's like, well, this person's a fully functioning human being still. Um, not that prison's not bad, but I think it's, you know. Um, also, if you're at the point where I'm scared straight, like, I don't know, I don't... You, you need more than just, hey, man, don't go and get beat up. Like, yeah, I'm sure you're getting beat up in the street, you know. Anyway. Gus, yeah. Sean and Gus are done writing. Gus thinks that he got a ganglion cyst from writing, which I don't believe you can get from uh, writing, which Sean points out. Um, right. And uh, yeah, so they uh, meet up with um, they meet up Jervis? with Henry. Yeah, and Jervis, yeah. exactly. Yeah. 
Uh, they meet up with them, and Jervis is apparently, like I mentioned earlier, um, he's the inside guy. He's the one who originally reached out to Sean and Gus about the this case. Owen. Correct, yes. Um, and, you know, uh, Oswald was his, like, best friend, as we'll find out very soon, and, uh, you know, he, he cares about him, and mm-hmm. Henry knows something that Sean and Gus don't know because he's gotten the skinny on... Um, since he's been there. And essentially it's that Oswald has disappeared 12 times before. So he's very much the kind of guy to, you know, mm-hmm. just find his way out of the facility. And during the last three times, they threatened to essentially evict him if he tried it again, which mm-hmm. I guess I can see why he could think he'd get away with it if they gave him three different warnings about the next mm-hmm. time. So yeah. whatever. Um, and But Sean is like, no, there's clues that he, he forgot his wallet. You right. know, um, which is, I think, a big thing. I don't think you would leave. Um, and also, there's some theories that he was on Prozazan. I don't think I'm spelling that right for high mm-hmm. blood pressure. So maybe he had a medical incident. Um, but Sean realizes, wait, no, this guy is still in good shape because he's planning something on his calendar. He sees some numbers and then a date circled. He is, um, he's training for a marathon. Which, as someone who is like less than a third of the age of this guy. Good for him. I couldn't run yeah. a marathon if you gave me a month to train. Uh, but why does Sean remember what day the Santa Barbara marathon is? Uh, Cause it's the same day as Val Kilmer's birthday. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. Um, I'm sorry. Did you also mention that the photo that Sean saw? Right. Yeah. He sees a photo where he has a tattoo. Yeah. You see like a very distinctive tattoo. So and we also see a bracelet that's on a armor. The, the problem with some of these things is there's just a lot of clues that come up that don't get paid off immediately, so it's hard to remember which ones come up when. Yeah, um, yeah, 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 fair. So uh, then there's a bit where Sean tries to convince the food people that he can only eat, uh, Henry can only eat egg whites and powdered dirt. Yeah, um, and that's when we meet Meredith Cloverfield. Uh, she's the one who's in charge of the room service slash, I guess, dietitian or something um and yeah so we get that whole thing where they basically try to ruin henry's life while he's in there and they take off for what they're going to do next which is where they're going to trace uh what they assume to be oswald's jogging path yes. and they're going to use sean's indian blood that he acquired uh from working at an indian casino through exactly. osmosis yes so they go up uh they're looking they find a trail sean tastes some gravel they go uphill because it's like okay probably go uphill first and then down but they go up some stairs and they see a rock with a red streak of blood on it uh and um gus wants sean to taste it um and he's been wanting to get sean to taste his own blood uh because apparently it makes you feel better or something i I was kind of a weird bit yeah Yeah. Um, but they find a pedometer though which is the big clue yeah, they find it on the floor and they check it out. Sean asks Gus more or less how far they he thinks they are from the center. And uh, he guesses that they're about six miles away and the pedometer has 6.03 miles on it. So it looks like they found where he fell. But the problem is, where is his body? Exactly. So they go to the local hospital. They ask about Oswald Chester, no one by that name, but he left his ID at home. So they asked for John Doe, all the other Doe's. Um, yeah, Taiwan. I forget the other ones. Uh, Dosi and Cookie. Dosi. Yeah, they. But visiting hours are over, so they have to go and kind of you know. Sean dresses up as a doctor, and Gus dresses up as a candy striper. Um, yeah. Okay. So I'm. I don't understand what 
Okay, I know I've seen it. Obviously, like, what the hell is a candy sharper? They just make candy. I don't for know. People? I don't. I, let me look this. Let's let's look at let's learn together. I've never figured. I know. I've never known what it is. Hospital volunteers, like under the supervision of nurses. Okay, okay. So I'm assuming they just got their uh, their name from the. Uh, I'm from the, something. The, I don't know. I, etymology yeah. is weird. Um, yeah. And yeah. so anyway. Uh, they then uh, cut to the kid, JJ, I think his name is, in the backseat. I didn't catch his name. Yeah. Lassie and Jules' police car. And he just really wants to have sex with Detective O'Hara. Let's be honest. Um, you know, he's flirting, but like he has that like mid aughts haircut that every teen boy had. And I just can't take him seriously as a person. Yeah, he's got the like the Justin Bieber kind of look to him, um, which sure. Um, but again, he tells Lassie he needs to lighten up, and he just keeps commenting on Jules's looks. And yeah, that's kind of just a nothing yeah. thing. He says so, if you get to hang out with this amazingly hot woman, and a funny line is Lassie's like, "She's talented, accomplished, this, that, the other. She one thing she is not hot," which like you know, uh, but yeah, yeah, as you can tell from listening, neither this is just such a fart of a plot line to be honest. Um, Correct. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so we go back to the hospital and Gus and Sean start looking through the rooms and uh, they notice they see a man. They see the arm of a man who's laying down in a room and they see the tattoo. So Oswald's there and it looks mm-hmm. like he's not dead. So they need to uh, get their way in there. And how fortuitous they walk into a bunch of residences, mm-hmm. residents, residents, a bunch of residents. Yeah. Oh, my God. Um, and you know, he starts, he introduces himself as, what do you know, Dr. Hauser? Uh, that's a Doogie Hauser reference, I think. It is. Yeah, it has to be. Uh, and what a coincidence that there would be a Dr. Hauser there, but anyways. Um, and he's brought, he, he's not alone. He's brought his personal candy striper named Knickknack, uh, who's mm-hmm. from Guam? Guatemala, I thought, but. Uh, no, it's not Guatemala. It's something okay. else. Okay, well, Guam, Guam then. Yeah. Um, sorry, I watched this. This is the rare time I watched the episode the night before. Um. And gotcha. So yeah, so they are looking at another guy who has like a, a post-op injury, and they're kind of grossed out by it. Um, but they went want to go to the old guy with athletic build. Apparently, what happened to him is that he had severe hypertension and got an mm-hmm. intracranial bleed, uh, and um, you know, physical contusions. And Sean, of course, doesn't understand these words, and so he makes up a thing to get the doctor to explain to him in layman's terms correct yeah he mentions that uh oswald deep down is you know he might be in a coma but he can still hear everything which i think is technically correct um i think that there's different opinions also depending on what type of coma someone's in and what have you correct yeah but essentially he says that like you start using all these scary words and you're just going to cause this man who might be dancing on the inside to just retreat into his shell and just think that the world is coming to an end or whatever. And so he asked for them to explain it um, first as if you were a 10-year-old. Um, and that's still a little bit too much for him. So explain it to me like I'm a five-year-old. And that's when the one of the residents mentions that his blood pressure went boom and his brain got an owie, which exactly. I did like. Yeah. And so Sean asks, is there anything strange about this condition? And they're like, no, maybe he just took too much of his medication because his blood pressure went too far down. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, you know, so they move on and then they have to take a fiver, um, because obviously they need to get out of the hospital. 
Uh, yeah, and, so, and Sean thinks at this point that they they got Henry and uh, and yeah. they're gonna yeah they're gonna crack the case, so they head over to the old folks' home. Yeah, and Henry is living it up. He's swimming in the pool, breaking records because of course he's like ten years younger than people say he is. Well, like actually more than that, probably fifteen. Um, and he's yeah. made some friends. One of them, I forget the guy's name, is a former boxing champ. But then there's Buddy Markowitz, who is a cat skills comedian who does a very <laughs> offensive joke about a guy named Hu Flung Poo. Um, yeah, um, I mean, I'll say that his name is just, you know, tailor-made for a comedian, 100%. Yes, uh, and especially in the Catskills. Um, and so they're telling him that they just solved the case, yada, yada. Um, but uh, Henry doesn't think so. He thinks it's a hotbed. And um, this is also and, when – sorry, go. Yeah, and then Sean suspects that maybe Henry um, is wants to investigate further because he is enjoying the place. He seems to be like a star. Everyone enjoys his company. Uh, even the ladies, they're, they're all like looking at him, like swimming in his old-timey uh, bathing suit. And, you know, he even has a little bit of an in with uh, Miss Cloverfield, uh, the dietitian or, the, the, you know, the, the food lady. And he mentions, you know, he gets like a nice sandwich. Didn't look too bad. Um, but he wanted some barbecue and some steak sauce. And he, you know, he flirts his way to basically get her to acquiesce. Um, but yes. that's when she goes away and he basically mentions that he thinks something else is going on there. Yes, exactly. Um, and as this is happening, um, there is a guy on a gurney being taken to the hospital and then a floating body in the pool. Uh, so, and all, both those guys also have the same bracelets on. Correct. The same bracelet that Oswald left behind on his wallet. And, mm-hmm. you know, obviously there's something to do with the bracelets and it looks like Henry is, you know, he's correct. There, he had a point. There's something else going on at this, at Glorious Pines. Mm-hmm. Yes. So, um, the, they go to Lassie. And Lassie's, uh, she said she just maybe there's an angel of death thing Sean does, which is an understandable thing if a bunch of people run and start dying in an old folks' home. Um, but or almost die. Yes, Lassie mentions that it's five degrees hotter today than yeah, last year. Than, than last year. So that's that's not that's not nothing, you know. Like it's very possible that a slight increase in temperature could lead to some, you know, unfortunate incidents. But it still doesn't explain why all three of the people had the same bracelet and. Yeah, it just seems a little bit suspicious. So Jervis is there, and they they talk about how his name sounds familiar, and apparently it's because he had previously tried to join the academy. I think he was in this actor was in Police Academy. Is that right? Yeah, he was a cop in Police Academy. Uh, I've never seen a Police Academy movie, so I can't tell you, but sure. But he was like Booger in uh, was it uh, Animal Party, Animal House? No, Revenge of the no. Nerds. Maybe yeah, because I was gonna say he's not. Old enough to be in Animal House, I don't think. Yeah, he was Booger in Revenge of the Nerds, correct. Yeah, but yeah, he he set a black and white on fire and shot a guy's toe off, um, which is funny stuff. Yes. Um, and so, I mean, uh, Vic hears all of this and she's compelled a little bit. So, you know, she try, she asks Lassie what he thinks and he thinks it's like bullshit, but she tells them to double check anyways. And um, then we see Lassiter like talking to the kid again, JJ, I guess. And that kid doesn't like Sean, which, you know, ingratiates himself a little bit to Lassiter. Yes. Um, so we go back to the uh, old folks' home. Henry's doing some dancing. And we learn that Chelsea... Uh, some tango dancing. Those brace- yes, tango dancing. 
does gives these bracelets to friends of hers. Um, mm-hmm. And basically we learn that she's like the the old folks home like flirt. Like she's had a lot of boyfriends. She gets around. Um, and uh, yeah, she knew Oswald, dated him. And we also learned that uh, – actually, wait. There's also a bit where, you know, she's dancing with Sean and uh, – she says that she has a Florence Nightingale effect because she nurses people and leads a high blood pressure seminar, which is how she met the three guys in question. Um, and at this time, Gus is dancing with an old woman to maintain his cover, and she's not moving. But I do love spin me. Oh, glorious! Yeah. And then when she falls asleep, that's funny. Like that's just a funny joke, no matter what. Yeah, yeah, yeah. no, it's good. It's good. Um, and yeah, so. Um... Sorry, do you think she's the one that's spreading all the STDs at Gloria's Pines? She's got to be, right? Possibly. Yeah. Um, anyways, so uh, Sean closes his his tango with just telling Chelsea to save him a seat at Bingo, and they start to go over the facts. Basically, all the victims had high blood pressure, so they must have all been on the same medicine. And this is when Henry remembers that uh, there was last week there was a break-in at the pharmacy they, there was codeine and oxycontin taken as well as all the blood pressure medications so exactly obviously it seems like this is all flowing with what they think this case is and that the codeine and the oxycontin was just a cover to make it look like yes. someone's just snatching uh you know stuff so, to get high or whatever sean points out that they have the how now that he's need the why remind me we need to get tickets for the who where <gasps> I just love any any psych bit that blends with them pointing at each other. Um, yeah, yeah, that took me a second. I didn't get it. I, I just got it now when you mentioned it. Um, mm. So Henry tells them that Pamela, the administrator, the one that we met in the beginning, she's the person who would have all the information they need. So they need him to cause a distraction. They suggest he like you know takes a fall down some stairs. Um, which mm. these are like wooden stairs, so I don't blame him for having apprehension about wanting to take a dive. Um, and so he starts by like stubbing his toe, but that's not serious enough. So he starts going off about how his liver hurts and how he might, it might be like, I don't know. What did he say it was? Uh, what, his spleen? Or do we think no, it first like he a... says his liver. Yeah. Yeah. Something like that. He says like, it's a liver. It might be like, he, he mentions like, it's a problem with his liver. Like it might be a thing oh, that yeah. happens to you when you have a liver problem, whatever. Mm-hmm. And so uh pamela leaves her office and she kind of looks at like sean and gus like kind of like suspiciously and then she can't find them after like when she starts talking to henry about how it's he's not even pointing at his liver he's pointing at his spleen and so gus and sean break into pamela's office start going through her stuff and they find the they find a waiting list for glorious pines and it's a really popular spot. Everyone's trying to go in. And Gus finds basically – or sorry. They find out that Oswald w- and the two other dudes who suffered the uh, high blood pressure incidents uh, were getting kicked out the next day. Mm-hmm. Um, so clearly – Because they – because someone... yeah, because they needed more care than the facility was going to be able to give. Because this is Correct. not a high-intense medical facility. Correct. So clearly someone on the waiting list got tired of waiting and Gus says that they found the bad guy and they take out, out the window. What? Luckily there's no screen what? there. What? What? Sorry. Another great thing I like. Another one of my favorite psych things is the where they do the, the celebration dances. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That's true. Yeah. So uh, they um, 
we cut back to JJ and uh, Lassie with a guy named Daryl Jablonski who's doing a nickel. It's back, baby. The nickel. Hell yeah. Nickel watch. Yeah. Um, and his Daryl Jablonski's nickname is Hell on Earth, which is just fantastic. Um, and he's doing his version of Scared Straight. And, you know, he's kind of like talking about how you get it like Chicago stomp or some shit like that. And he's obviously, like, he's talking a little bit slowly. He's a little bit apprehensive. And basically, he just admits that as part of his rehabilitation, he's not supposed to lie. So he basically admits that being in prison is fucking awesome. Because, uh, you know, uh, he gets to hang out with his pal, White Slavery, another good name. Uh, they play ball. Uh, he's got a job there. He's a telemarketer, and he's sold the most uh, in the month. So he's living a blessed life in prison. And... Mm-hmm. He mentions the guards are pretty cool. They're going to have a birthday party for one of them. Yeah. Um, so I guess we're led to believe that prison is cool in Santa Barbara. So if you're going to commit a felony, mm-hmm. make sure it's in Santa Barbara County. Exactly. Then we cut back to the old folks' home, and uh, the comedian, the Catskills comedian, whose name I already forgot, um, is doing a bit where he says, what goes 10, 9, 8, 7, Bo Derek getting old, which, you know. Yeah, fantastic. Fantastic joke. Um yeah. And Sean, I mean, yeah, Sean and Gus interrupt the routine with the theory. Um, and essentially what it is is that Meredith Cloverfield is the one at fault because her mom, Rhonda Cloverfield, is at Sunshine Meadows. And you know what? Shame on Glorious Pines for not giving their employees, especially someone who's, like, in charge of something. Like, you know, not yeah. to say that you deserve things, but... But no, it's not like she's just, like, a random orderly. Like, she's the head of stuff, like... Right, yeah, and her mom is, like, getting, like, bad treatment at the other spot. So, uh, apparently, her mom is on, seventh on the waiting list, and her and Meredith wanted her there at Glorious Pines. You know, she'd get looked after better, so she staged a robbery, and unfortunately, Chelsea's bracelets gave her the marks for her crime, yeah. because those bracelets mm-hmm. basically tell her that they have blood pressure problems. So, she's been breaking the pills up and putting it in their food, and yeah, you know, it's not, it's, it's bad. You know, you almost kill three old people. I get it. It's because you want your mom to be in this facility, which is not exactly an altruistic, uh, mm-hmm. you know, thing to do, but it's not for the worst reason, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, and so uh, we didn't see as this is going on, that the real Talbot McGulder is coming in. So they need to run away because they're obviously, you know, Technically committed crimes. Like, this is not just the usual haha ruse. This is like, oh, their law's broken. Um, Correct. And, uh, yeah, so they get Jervis to call the police, and they run away um, uh, as um, as Talmadge is coming in. Right, and they also, like, um, they find pills on her person as well, so that basically just confirms that she was doing it. And they warn everybody that has blood pressure problems, your food might have been tampered with, so... Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, Henry, Sean, and Gus take off, and we get a nice like shining, uh, the shining mm-hmm. reference. Always funny. Hen- yeah, which is like Henry standing in the middle of the room with a bunch of with all the other people that live there. So that's yeah. nice. So they go at the at the end. Uh, Sean gets his check. They got confession from Meredith, and um, Lassie's given up on JJ because he doesn't. Well, he offered him hot chocolate, which apparently threw at him. Um, yeah. And he asks, how do you get Swiss Miss out of a to- out of silk? And I love the question. She goes, lemon wedges. Um, and so uh, 
Julie, honestly, it's it, it's it's like summer. Someone has me hot yeah. chocolate. I might have the same reaction. Exactly, uh, but Juliet recommends that she talk to him alone because she's he's infatuated with her, and we don't hear what she says. Gives him a stern talking to. He comes out, apologizes to Lassie, yada yada yada. Um, kind of a shitty way to end the episode, given that the plot's like the whole time. What do you give it at? What do you give this episode at ten? I gave it a seven. I was not a Same. huge fan of it. Yeah, this feels like an episode that you do because you need to fill an episode in. Like, I think the idea of the episode's fine, but it feels like there's a lot of missed opportunities um, with it. Yeah. Like, there's actually a, there's a shockingly little amount of time spent with Henry pretending to be old, which you feel like is what the episode's going to be. Yeah, I actually felt those were the parts that worked the best, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, uh it just doesn't, yeah, it's like a, like a filler episode, you know, mm-hmm. you need to get to the finale at some point, but nonetheless, it's like not a bad time. It's just not an episode mm-hmm. I would ever care to watch again. Exactly. Yeah. So, um, yeah, you know, it's all good. They all and, came and that, and, Yeah. And that explains like why typically the B plots have something, you know, yeah. that we can like pad our runtime out, but this is exactly. a really short episode. Yeah. There's really not much going on. No. Uh, and so I apologize for that. Also, it's not it's, it's not insignificant that this is my third podcast tonight. Um, you know, really just had to power through. My life is so difficult. Um, anyway, uh, Andre, can people follow you on Twitter? You can follow me at Andre Barrera. And you can follow me at the J. Christie. Please rate, we subscribe. Follow the show on social media at, at FirstPsychPod on Twitter. Tell your friends about it if they like Psych. And more important than that, and this is, I think, one of... This is an iconic episode coming up. Next episode, we're going to be talking about lights, camera, homicidio.